All About Perspective with your hosts, Abigail Peterson from Kindergarten Chaos and Principal Robert Hinchliffe. Join us as we discuss education from various points of view. Take the challenge of listening to see if your opinion changes. But no matter where you stand on the issues, remember, it's all about perspective. Hello and welcome to another episode of It's All About Perspective. I'm Abigail Peterson and my co-host. I am Robert Hinchliffe and we are back at it again today. Here we are. If you are from Las Vegas and in the Clark County School District, then this is most likely your first day back with students. How was your day? Day was good. It was busy. We had 311 kids at the new school. So it was a challenge because they haven't been there. Of course, parents want to know everything. But one of the great things about technology now is you can video things and make videos and send them out. Parents understand how to watch the link. So we did a lot of videos, a lot of Google Meets to let everybody know where to go, what to do. So overall, it went pretty well. It was a good day. Had a few hiccups, but um, I've had worse first days. Yeah, so the crazy, the crazy thing to me is that it's a first day, but there's like seven weeks of school left. Yeah, it's actually our third first day. We had the first day, and then we had the first day with hybrid, now the first day with this, and we have 36 days ago, I think. So it's a different it's a different time. Yeah, definitely different. So last week we had a podcast about teacher burnout. And I know that you receive messages on your Instagram and I receive messages on my Instagram and um, people contact us through various ways. And somebody did contact us and say that last week's episode was their favorite episode. And this teacher was saying how this is exactly where she's at in her career is that the burnout is, is it burnout? Is it just need for change? Like, what is it? And it reminded me of a PD that you did a couple of years ago and you were talking about Ron Clark's move your bus. So I thought it would be fun today if we talked about that and how your analogy of move your bus has kind of changed. And is it a career? Is it a passion? What is it? So, right. So to set it up, I mean, Ron Clark has a video out where he's talking to some people and he explains to them in his book, move your bus, how there's four types of people. There's the, the runners, the people who move the bus, like they're like the Flintstones moving their feet. They're the ones that power the engine. You got the joggers who are going a little bit slow, but they're doing good. They're, they got a lot going on and they're jogging, they're moving the bus along. And then you got the walkers and they're just walking along, doing their thing. And then you got the people riding at the end. Mm-hmm. They're just riding on the bus while all of the um, runners and joggers make the bus move. I loved it because in a school, you have basically every kind of person at some point in time. The runners are the people who are go-getters and who are innovative and keep, you know, keep abreast of the newest things that are happening and willing to try the brand new things that are going on. And then the joggers, they're the people that do they're some of steady. that. They're steadily moving along. Uh-huh. And, it, and then the walkers are the ones that they're moving forward, but they're just moving slower than everyone else. And then you got the riders who are just sitting at the back of the bus weighing you down. Okay. Not moving the not moving the school forward, just constantly like 
why are we moving so fast? Like, why are we changing just, things? Yeah, why are we changing things up? I'm comfy in the back seat, just riding along. So, anyways, over the past few years, when interviewing for the new school, I would send that video and I would ask people, "How are you a runner?" And what I kind of have come to for a conclusion is that we are all kind of sprinters in a way. So, you know, like Abby, you sprinted in kindergarten in room transformations once you got it figured out and teaching kids how to read. I am a sprinter in the big ideas right now. I sprint when it comes to planning for next year. Right now, I'm all about next year, thinking about that. But I'm also a writer. When it comes to writing evals, I ride at the back of the bus. I wait. I have a week left and I still have a lot to write. So I just kind of adapted it to where we're all sprinters. We all sprint in our own way. And I love that. I love that. When you shared that with me, I that resonates with me because I think that's so true. We can't be a runner in every single aspect. There's right. just, now, there's, It's not possible. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, people sprint the wrong way or sprint in negativity. Uh or sprint in areas that they shouldn't. And they're sprinters, yeah, but you got to be sprinting in the right way. Again, you want the bus to move forward. So going back to kind of what we want to talk today is, at what point in time do you and your job go from passion where you're sprinting and we want to be a part of this momentum that's moving the bus forward to riding where it's just a job? Like where is the line? Because right now today on the first day back, you could see the teachers were so excited to have kids. They were sprinters today. They were doing things that they knew how to do, that they've been trained to do, as to where the past few weeks and months, it's been a job. Mm-hmm. Setting things up online, digitizing things. We've talked about this a lot. You know, you have the people in school who were, this is a job. I got 30 years. I got you know, seven years and six days and 32 hours left. Whatever it is, that's a job. But when you have passion behind it, that's when it's fun. So I guess the overarching idea today kind of is, when is teaching still a passion or when is working in a school still a passion or when are you passionate about it versus when is it a job? Because it's my belief as an administrator that if it's a job 90% of the time, then you probably aren't sprinting and moving the bus along. Right. So I don't know where you fall on that as a teacher, but... Again, I think most of us should have passion and sprint more than we it's a job and we ride at the back of the bus. I I agree. I do think that it's very subjective. The passion part and sprinting is very subjective to people because if you're, you know, it depends on what you're passionate about. I am passionate about hands-on learning. I'm passionate about what some people call centers or I call them, you know, stations. So that's something I'm very passionate about and I believe is worth my effort. It's worth my time. It's worth me researching and learning more about because I want to do that. I'm willing to stay after school. I'm willing to gather supplies on the weekends. I'm willing to create um, activities that are more time consuming because I am passionate about that where other teachers that may not be their passion. And so they say, I don't want to stay after school. I don't want to create station materials. I would rather just give my kids, you know, worksheets or practice pages instead of doing that because I I don't have passion, but maybe they're passionate about, you know, guided reading. So 
again, it comes down to it's very subjective on the passion part on what is what somebody's passionate about. I think where some of the crux of the matter lies is can you find that passion? Can you keep the passion burning? Can you reignite that passion? We've talked about that in previous episodes. What what was it, Robert, that drew you to education? Let's go back to the very beginning. What drew you to education? Why did you choose education as a career? It's a long story. But back when I was, I think, a freshman in high school, I got to be a teacher's aide for um, a special education classroom. And there was a boy named Sean, and he had Down syndrome. And I got to work with him. And one day he did something and I'm like, yes, high five. And he gave me a high five. Mm -hmm. And it was just like the moment our hands touched, I'm like, this is what I want to do. And then I had a really. It ignited that passion for teaching. It did. You're like that moment when the kid gets it, you know, and like Mm -hmm. is excited. That's what got me. And then I had a principal in high school that was awesome. And I want to be a principal. And so I kind of always knew where I was going or where I wanted to go. But the passion, like my favorite thing about being an administrator is when the teachers have success doing what they have passion for and the bigger scope of the school and making the school move forward. So that's what gets me going is when we have these big ideas and everything comes together. Or when I give an idea or suggestion and a teacher takes it and runs with it, that's what I love. But on the flip side, the job part is paperwork, the stuff I hate. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe this whole thing is kind of like the analogy of a sprinter that sometimes you're passionate about parts of your job and sometimes it's just a job. But again, where is the line to where the job has taken over and it's no longer fun and you need to look for something to be passionate about? Because we don't want from admin side, like I don't want someone where it's just 100% a job, just checking the boxes, filling out the report cards doing the SLPPs. Like if you hate it and it's just a job, then that's not really what I want. I want someone who's there to be part of this big vision and this big passion and let's get crazy and let's do some fun things and and change education for the future. So at what point in time again, does it just become a job? I'm I'm hesitating because I, I have worked with people that it's just a job. But who am I to tell them it's become just a job for you. So you need now to leave the profession. Because well, that's my job that's to tell them. It's just a job. I, I know, but it's but even you telling them that or even wanting them to do that is probably not gonna happen because you saying you've lost your passion isn't gonna isn't gonna make somebody say, You are exactly right. I'm gonna leave and I'm going to go start a new career path, which is something that we've talked about before. Yeah, like we said last week, you know, our, our degrees are worthless in any other job. So. Yeah, well, yes, there we have limitations. We have yes. limitations. And so it's a very it, it's a very interesting, you know, situation. If you're in sales and you're like, you know what, I hate this, it's become a job, you can, you know, move to another, you could you know, move to medical sales, or you could move to media sales. There's a lot of, you know, different ways that you can go. But in education, you're kind of limited, you can still move, you can still move and you can move to different grade levels and you can leave, move to different schools, even districts if you wanted. But is that going to change your passion? Or is it still going to be a job? It depends on if you can have passion for what you're doing in your job. 
there's so many ins and outs of this one because you want to be passionate about what you're doing. Everybody does. You want to wake up in the morning and just be like, yes, let's do it. Let's go. Today's going to be awesome. But that doesn't happen every day. It doesn't. It doesn't. And I, and, and so again, I go back to who are we to say, well, you're passionate and you're not, you know, who, who are we, who, I know you're the admin and I know that you're the principal and you quote unquote, have the position of telling somebody, you know, that, well, you've lost the passion, but is that going to, is that going to make a difference? Is it going to change? Is you telling a teacher you've lost the passion suddenly going to ignite their passion? No. Okay. I, I think, you know, again, we're blessed to work in Clark County where if your passion is in lower SES schools, you can go there. If your passion is in higher SES schools, you can probably go there. Um, if your passion is Title I students, you can find that. So we're blessed in Clark County to where you can find your passion, but but people have got to be willing to go do it. So is me saying you've lost your passion for teaching students at Thompson going to change anything? Doubtful. I mean, maybe, maybe a person will reflect and change. I don't know. But again, I don't know. I think it's just so intrinsic. I, I would love to be able to to ha- to tell a colleague, hey, you know, you really are look unhappy and, you know, maybe this isn't, you know, this doesn't bring you joy, as Marie Kondo would say. <laughs> this doesn't bring you joy anymore. So maybe you should move on. But most most people are like, no, I've invested 21 years of my life into this career and I'm going to see this thing through. Most, a, a lot of people don't have the option or flexibility of changing something. Now we talked about toxic positivity and, you know, change you, you having the power within yourself to change your mindset. At least that's what we teach kids, but not everybody wants to do that. And sometimes people think they do that but it doesn't come out. Maybe inside they're like, oh, I'm happy, but their happiness doesn't show on the outside. (laughs) Here's an interesting question. You know, like if you think of Ben Stein on Ferris Bueller and he's like, Bueller, Bueller, is that him showing passion because he wants Ferris to be in class and he wants to know if he's there? Is that his form of passion? Even though all the students are clearly drowning right now. Mm Would Ben Stein in Ferris Bueller's Day Off be able to reflect if someone said, you lost your passion for this, you're very monotone. Everybody <laughs> everybody has to be able to reflect. There was a time when it was a job this year. And you know, like when you constantly get changes from the district and changes in, mm-hmm. or not knowing what's coming for admin this year, and you have all the teachers who are just teetering on the brink of quitting, it was really a job this year for me. And so, you know, like I would get frustrated and I would kind of be passive aggressive online on Twitter. And I had a colleague reach out. She's like, hey, are you okay? It seems to be a little bit negative lately on Twitter. And I was just like being honest. I'm like, I'm just tired of a lot of this stuff. But I was able to reflect and think, okay, I've got to find my passion in this and just run or sprint in the area that I can control. That took me reflecting. I don't know that a lot of people, again, are able to do that and think, okay, maybe my passion shouldn't be in passive aggressive negativity. Maybe my passion should turn around to being to do what I can, where I can, and find 
the good in it. Not to say that it's always perfect for me, but it just takes so much reflection. And I don't know how many people are able to do that and then make a change because of it. Yes. There's things I hate that I don't change when, even when I think about it. Mm-hmm. Well, but, another thing I was thinking of as you were speaking was that sometimes, though, we measure, our measurement depends on our self. And so we use the same measuring stick. I use the same measuring stick on how I do things and how I self-reflect to somebody else. And so for myself, when I have an evaluation and I I have my post-observation with my admin and my admin says, hey, this was great, but you could have done blah, 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 or next time I would like to see blah, 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 blah. And I self-reflect on that. I immediately, it's in my nature and my yardstick for measurement of myself means, okay, tomorrow I'm going to think about that and I'm going to try that. I use that same measurement on other people. So after their evaluation and they've been told something, I, (laughs) in my mind, I want them to do it right away. But that's because I am putting my self-reflection and my beliefs and what I, my expectations on them. And I don't think that's fair. So because just because I am able to do that doesn't mean somebody else is. So it comes back to, it's easy to say, oh, well, Abby has passion for her job because she does X, Y, and Z. And and -and so-and-so does not have passion for their job because they're not making the strides, but in their mind, they think they are. And they, me, and they may be. Let me turn it around. How many teachers are losing their passion because the principal is just throwing water on the flame that ignites them? Let's turn it around to um, I, I, how many. Let's, let's stop that right there. I want to, I want to, I want to pause here. Okay. All right. Because I think that's absolutely true. Let's just all be honest. Everybody doesn't like everybody. And Absolutely. even though and Absolutely. even though you are the principal and even though you are the person in charge and you're supposed to be you're supposed to be neutral you're not nobody nobody is because we're I, all humans and so I think it's very true what you said is if if you have a feeling that somebody is a walker or somebody is a writer you are probably going to respond differently to them than you do your runners. And so that could be you pouring water on their passion. Because you make a fabulous point. I guess you have to that's why it's so important to hire people that have the same passion and fire in the same areas that you do. Well I, I disagree. Know. Stop. I disagree. Because okay, go ahead, if everybody, disagree. if everybody, if you, if everybody's a runner, for instance, I can only relate things to myself. So, sure. but I talk fast. I move fast. I'm, I'm animated. I, I like singing. I like dancing. You've been in my classroom. You've seen that. If everybody was like me, what about those kids that don't like singing and dancing? What about those kids that need a more Zen classroom? So we can't, you can't have a school full of uh, type A people because everybody's going to eat everybody alive. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you. But what I mean by that is hiring everybody with the same passion. Your passion is to be the best school in the district or the best grade level. Now, you, you just hold on. Okay. 
it's not possible to have a school full of people who like each other. I have mm -hmm. proven that mm -hmm. this year. It's not that they hate each other. It's just that no matter how hard you try, you're never going to get everybody that has the same ability to sprint in all the same areas. It's just not going to happen. And on a well-rounded team, it shouldn't happen. I have said many times, I prefer to hire people who are not like me because it challenges me and makes me better, but it also helps fill in the gaps that I struggle in. You cannot have a school full of sprinters in all the same areas. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. I sprint now in big ideas. Uh, the, the assistant principal, she is detail-oriented, like details for the details. She is also very primary. That's the person I need because that's the gaps I have. I want to go back to, you're never going to have a school full of people that all see eye to eye. And I can make the analogy, like opening a new school has been great because we got to handpick everybody. Let's just say hypothetically, I'm going to put 50 people on an island and it's going to be Oprah, Adam Sandler, all the nicest people you can think of in the world. Mr. Rogers even came back and he's on there. Okay? <laughs> Eventually, out of those 50 people, someone's going to want to be the leader. Mm -hmm. Someone's going to not like the leader. Someone's going to talk bad about the leader to the other people. Mm -hmm. Someone's going to want to overthrow the leader. Mm -hmm. Someone's going to help the leader with certain details that they struggle with. You're never going to have kumbaya in a school. So what you need are a bunch of people who sprint in different areas with the same vision of being number one. The problem is, is that the sprinters or the joggers or the runners really start to resent the riders mm -hmm. because we want to move this forward and you're slowing us down. So it goes back to when is a job slowing the people with the passion down? When is the job just a job and it's getting in the way of what we're trying to accomplish? And so you equate a rider, clarify this for me. You equate a writer to somebody who it's just a job? I think the activity. So, again, I am a writer when it comes to writing evals. Mm -hmm. But you, if you're a writer when it, in admin, so it comes to hiring, you're a writer. And then transfer seasons, you're a writer. Evals, you're a writer. Planning for next year, you're a writer. No big ideas, you're a writer. If you're constantly a writer, then it's just a job for you. You're just checking the boxes. You don't mm -hmm. care. You have to sprint at the times that you can sprint and count on the other people to fill in. So have you able. ever, so I think this is interesting, kind of going back to what you said earlier, to to build this community, to build this school of, of sprinters. But have you ever hired a quote unquote sprinter that turned out to be <laughs> a writer? Sure. It happens. Everybody gets by, you know, like an interview is just an interview and anybody can claim that they're a runner. You know, I ran and I did family night or whatever. Okay, right. great. Then their eval says so-and-so did family night. Doesn't mean family night was good. Right. Um, you know, you, you always will hit or miss on some people in some areas. So yes, that does happen. But again, can we collectively be a team and work to get ourselves to the top of the mountain? and fill in for each other's downfalls or areas and get there. That's the whole idea behind it. Because if this is just a job, if you have a school full of people who are just doing the job and they're there from 7.30 until 2.30, every one of them just doing the job, 
I just don't think your school is going to be successful. I think you got to have some passion in there for wanting to get better. Uh, otherwise, it's just going to be jobs and, and that's going to be boring. But I go back to that I'm passion glad you're back. This is, good. is subjective. The passion is subjective because some people are going to be committed and they show up every day and they're there and they say they're passionate about teaching and they're passionate about their job and their classroom. But you may say, well, I don't really see you sprinting. And they think they're sprinting. They they say, look, you know, we're here every day. I'm here every day. Here's my lesson plans. Here's what I'm doing. So you make a good point. It's and very I, subjective to let me let me say you're absolutely right. Everybody sprints at a different speed. From the admin perspective, if I can get you to sprint at the fastest speed you have, whether that's fast or it's just chugging along, then I have gotten out of you something that you weren't doing. You're at mm -hmm. least sprinting according to you in that area. So yeah, not everybody can sprint the same speed, but it's my job to get the most out of you, no matter what speed you run. Yes. So I feel like we're kind of, we kind of are having like double talk a little bit because I, I still go back to, it's very subjective. It's very subjective and it's, and it's some people, if we, if we brought, you know, 10 teachers into this conversation today and we said, do you feel like you are doing a job or you are, you are doing your passion? I would guarantee you that nine out of 10 with 10 of them would say, well, this is my passion. Maybe not this year, maybe not today, but this is my passion and I love teaching and I, and I can't imagine doing anything else. And then it would be easy to sit back and say, I would have never, I would have never imagined that person saying that this was their passion. They sure don't act like it's their passion. So again, what people have in their minds and what is produced and what, how we judge that. And again, in our minds, how we think it should be, I think is, is two different things. It is. You're right. So it's very subjective. One thing teachers do, all of you teachers out there is you want us admin to get people to sprint at least the same speed as you, or at least show some movement. Mm -hmm. When in fact, you don't see the whole story. And the fact that I got that person to even take a step forward is a major accomplishment for administration. We used to have times when people would be like, well, why can't you go get that person to like do X, Y, and Z? Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I'm like, I just got them to take a step forward. Right. That's right. a good thing. So again, there's a lot that, that teachers don't see or that we can't tell you or things like that. And it's subjective because that step forward could be sprinting to that person. There are some teachers who it, that, the ice has to be really, really thick before they'll step on it. Mm -hmm. They have to know they're not going to fall through. But as soon as they know they're not going to fall through, then they take off and they start skating like a hockey player. You know, but you teachers might not have seen all of the work on the backside just to get them to step on the ice. So there, it's very subjective. And of course, it's all about your perspective, what perspective you bring. You know, like teachers, you might be like, oh, finally, that person's doing X, Y, and Z. When in my mind, I'm like, yes, finally, we're yeah. getting them. 
everything's perspective in the end. But I just think like ultimately when it is a job and you've lost your passion, you either got to find it or you kind of got to try to go find a passion somewhere else. And I think, I mean, that sounds great in theory. It, it Everything does. Everything sounds it does. great in theory. It sounds great in theory, but I just don't see people in, in the years that I've been in education and the teachers and educators that I've been around, I've known many educators that are not willing to make new changes, but yet they still feel like they have the passion or even if they don't have the passion, they're not planning on leaving. And you could, you could do everything in your power, but they're not going to leave until they're ready to leave. Whether that's because they need the insurance or they're not of retirement age or whatever it is, there's not too many people I know that just say, you know what, this isn't working for me anymore. I don't love it anymore. I'm out of here. Most people are like, no, I got a four-year degree, a six-year degree, an eight-year degree, a 10-year degree. I have, you know, three masters and I am going to ride this till the very end. And some districts allow that. There are other districts in other parts of the country that that have stricter uh, evaluations and things that don't allow for that. But here in our district, you could be here till till you're 85 and it doesn't matter if you have a passion or not. You're a warm body in a classroom. And You're there right. are plenty of, and there are plenty of admin that are, are happy to have that. Now, not all admin, but there are. And again, who are we to say, well, you're not passionate. I mean, it's, they're words. They are words. And you can say that you can say, well, this is no longer your passion. It's a job, but is somebody going to act on that? Probably not. Yeah. I mean, even the, even the worst teacher has a passion about something in education. There's something there. Well, and that's why I you know, asked you. That's why maybe I asked it's the dinosaur you, unit they've been doing for 20 years, and you know right. something. And that's why there's I asked you there. about what you know what prompted you to get into education because everybody has their story. There's not too many people. I know there are people out there that said, "Hey, I all the girls were in the education classes, so that's why I went into education." You know, or I wanted all this all the um, summers June, off, July, and you know, August. So that's why I got in education. But most people, I ninety. of the teachers and educators that I have had the opportunity to work with or be around, most of them have a story. Most of them have a reason and say there was something that sparked, just like you said, that was, that was amazing. You had this little experience as a, you know, as a high school student that was like flipped a switch and said, this is amazing. This is what I want to do. And so most people have that story. Now, can people reflect on that? A lot of times what I've seen is people will say, well, it's not like it used to be. And you know what? It's not. It's It's not. not. I graduated in 2004. And that again, that was, we were still, we still had dial up internet. (laughs) So there was really not internet happening in school. So yes, it is completely different. I will just bring something up real quickly because I am very passionate about this. This is my new passion. But I have been investing a lot of time and energy into learning about the science of reading and how balanced literacy is becoming very controversial in comparison to the science of reading. Well, if you bring that to teachers that have been teaching balanced literacy for a really long time, they're going to say, I don't believe it. This is working for me, even though you're bringing new information and new data that's valid. Right. So have they lost their passion? 
or is it just a job? Mm, right, or, right, or right. On their perspective, you know, like <laughs> I was thinking, I think going back to when I said, you know, how many admin are putting water on the flames of the passion for the teacher? And going back, one of the one of the things I think that we as admin could do better is to fan the flames of the passion that the teacher has. So like we had Sarah on weeks ago and she came to Smith and she, it was a job at her last school, Mm -hmm. just a job. And instantly I recognized that she has this ability to create pretty much anything. So Sarah, let's create X, Y, and Z. Let's make this. And now of course she's designing things for get your teach on. And she's pretty much designed the entire school they were at now because I recognize that was her passion and we worked on it for you. Kindergarten is your passion. Mm -hmm. Teaching those little babies to love school. That's your passion. Mm -hmm. I got to throw fuel on the fire. What do you need? And Uh, I think that I I think that's an ability that an admin has to have. You as an admin need to dig around and find what, what is it that this teacher is passionate about? I do have to say that I think that you do really well in that area because once you have some teachers take a little bit more digging some it's right there on the surface but once you found out oh a teacher's really passionate about this you gave them opportunities you know you gave them opportunities to grow in that area or to move in the direction that they wanted and i think that's important because if somebody is really passionate about teaching math and you have them as the reading strategist of course it's going to be a job Of course it is. So if you identify that and say, hey, I noticed that you really love teaching math and and this seems to be something that you love and you offer them that opportunity, suddenly that passion has been ignited again. Yeah, you can either fight the person who has a job or you can try to ignite their passion. Um, You know, we had a teacher we worked with that loved science. What do we do? We need a science special. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's let's do it. Let's try it out. Let's see how it goes. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to find what people are good at or they care about so that they can invest themselves into the job. And I think passions can change along the way. Sure. I, I'm I an example of that. Yeah, I think they can. And I think that that's another thing that educators and teachers, you know, as teachers, we need to recognize that it's okay to have a different passion. So if you have a passion for, you know, teaching fifth grade, but then you get an opportunity to teach, you know, second grade and you move to second grade and say, wow, this is amazing. That's okay to say, oh, I once loved, you know, fifth grade, but now I love second grade. I think that's okay. And again, it's just, it's adding kindling to that, that passion. And you're like building off of what we talked about last week with burnout. If you're burned out, one thing I think you can do is think, okay, what am I passionate about? And then go tell your admin or go find a school where you can run with what you want, where you can be a sprinter in that area. Go find your passion, get it back. Because if you're going to be in it for the long haul and you're not willing to make a career change, you've got to fan the flames of what you love. And kids, let's be honest, kids recognize if you love it or not. Uh, I mean, we've we've just spent 35 minutes talking about passion versus job, but ultimately you're here, I'm here, teachers and educators that are listening, we are here because of kids. If there were no kids, there would be no teaching, there would be no profession. And kids can tell 
if you love your job, they can tell. I will never forget having an experience with a music teacher that did not like kids. And it was evident. And my own kids who were in school did not want to go to music, right? Because they could tell it was not a passion. Wait, wait. Music was the passion, though. Kids who were not willing to follow the routines and procedures of the classroom was not the passion. Plenty of musical passion, but not so much the dealing with the kids part of it. So it goes right back to what we're saying is that really is so subjective. It is. It is. It is subjective. And I think we've hit on this many times, but be an advocate for yourself. Speak up, but also do that self-reflecting. Because if you find yourself being more agitated and more frustrated and not loving it, then it, then you've lost your passion. And either reignite that passion with change or reflect on that and say, maybe it, and like I said, who are we to say, you know, somebody has passion or is it passion or is it a job? I think that's individual. And I think everybody has to make that answer for themselves. But I think we've brought up some really valid points today. I think we've, it's caused me to think, it's caused me to reflect on myself and think about, is it a passion? Is it a job? What am I sprinting at? What am I sprinting at? And what am I walking and what am I riding on? Paperwork for sure. I'm walking on. I think most people (laughs) walk in the paperwork area for sure. Uh, But ultimately, I think everyone has to reflect and find out where they are a sprinter and sprint as fast as you can for as long as you can in that area and and try to beat your time every year um, and just get better at sprinting. Or if you know if you're jogging, try to turn it into a sprint. But uh, I think it's key that you find the things that you love and you build on them some way. Otherwise, it just becomes a job. And it's a long 30 years. That's right. That's right. And no matter where you stand on the issues, it's always all about about perspective. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We would love to hear your perspective on this episode. Head over to our Instagram page. It's all about perspective 2021 or our Facebook and Twitter page and share your opinion. Don't forget to subscribe a rate and review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast. And one last thing. Remember, it's all about perspective.